0: This episode of the College Recruiting Weekly podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent big wins and memorable seasons is with championship rings. And the team at Legend Rings is here to help college coaches do just that. Visit legendrings.com and stay tuned later in the show for a special offer for you and your team, coach. And now it's time for the show. That's right, it's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, amateur tattoo artist, and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Hey coach, it is a huge time of the year for recruiting and college coaches. Why? Well, because first of all, after quite a while, you're able to now talk live and meet with athletes That you're recruiting. And that hasn't been the case for the last 12 months or so. And uh, it's been hard, challenging, no doubt. Many of you have succeeded, though, and you've done the right things to do that and to get through the crisis. But here you are now, new class, same challenges. And what I wanted to do was follow up on an article that got a lot of feedback and got a lot of questions. That's why I wanted to hop on the podcast and talk about what it meant. And I'm talking about the article that got posted. Um, Well, as I record this a couple of days ago uh, That we did About what to do once your first contacts are all done And you can go to DanTutor.com Go to the blog You can search that article out and read it if you want It gave some principles that we have found worked well For clients, for people that we have presented to And gone through workshops with Coaches who have tried our advice And then gotten back to us and said Hey, that worked there are some things that didn't make the article that aren't not important. It's just that there were some specific focus for what we wanted to write about. But I wanted to talk about it because a lot of you are really intelligent and you ask great follow-up questions. And by the way, if you're new to this, you haven't contacted me before, my email is dan at dantutor.com. I read everything, try to answer everything as, in as timely of a manner as possible. Uh, So I welcome the questions. They're great. In fact, that's what gives us a lot of the ideas for the content that is going to be important for you. That's why I'm talking to you on this edition of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. So the questions that we got over and above what we wrote in the article really centered around what else do I do? I say that so in the article, we talked about some of the essential things that that foster good ongoing communication. It's one thing to have a great first contact, and many of you really elevate that day as the day. It's Christmas morning for a recruiter. Well, that's great, but we now have another year before the next Christmas, and we need to have um, we need to have a plan. We need to have a way to to uh, to see through and to make certain that all the hard work you did to scout these athletes, come up with the list that you want, and now you're talking to them, I want it now to follow through and, uh, and, and turn out well for you. So to do that, there are a couple of things that I'm going to add to the article. Like I said, you can look up the article and read what we wrote before. But I want to expand a little bit based on the questions that many of you were asking as, uh, as we were talking to you, all of you Uh, over the last few days. So the the first thing that I want to focus on, if we're looking at a big long-term plan, if the goal is to maintain that communication, I can't stress enough, point number one that I'll make, is that you need to make sure you are communicating to the athlete what you want to see happen next. Of course, I want you to ask them what they would want to see happen next, but I want you to outline for them what are the next steps for two reasons. Number one, they tell us in the research that we do and the focus group studies that we do, especially with our clients as we're getting ready to serve them and prepare their strategies for them uh, on an ongoing basis, that they, the, the kids tell us that when you do that as a coach, it gives them a sense of what they're supposed to be doing. Without it, they don't know. And when they don't know, what we what we have seen happen is that they freeze. They are um, they're somebody that, that just waits and waits and waits some more. Meanwhile, the coach on the other side of it is waiting and waiting and waiting. And that's when the two parties don't ever see eye, eye to eye. They don't get to know each other. And both get the feeling like the other one is ignoring them. When really, all the other one is doing is waiting for somebody to take the lead. Coach, I need you to take the lead so that that waiting period, the awkwardness, the unsure nature of most prospects, doesn't take hold. I want it to be something that gets uh, gets generated for you in a positive way. So that's that's the the first point. The second point is that without it, they are they're really trying to put a, a value on on how they should treat you, uh, what they should think about you, and when you take a strong lead. What they feel is, and this is again according to the research, they feel like they matter, that they are a priority to you, and that you're a program that is important enough to make some small, polite, and reasonable demands of them. It's interesting when coaches tell me that I I don't want to pressure the athlete, I don't want to force them to do something, I just want to sort of hands off, give them information and if it's right for them, then they'll contact me. I just... I don't want to. I don't want to play a lead in that way. I don't want to pressure them into what to do next, Coach. I have to tell you that if that is the general way that you handle most new coaching, I'm sorry, recruiting relationships as a coach uh, in this business, you're going to fail with this generation. Why is that? Because without somebody taking the lead, and this goes a little bit into the previous point, they don't know what to do next. And more than that, they view you as somebody that's either not interested or just not that good of a program. And that's most of the time unfair because you might be a great person, really smart coach. Your program's on the rise or it's already good. But when you, but when they're going after that first impression, when they're trying to get a sense of who are you, especially if you're at a non-name brand school that's not going to generate a lot of excitement in and of itself on its own, that's where they need you to make sure you are leading them strongly. And when you outline what's next for them, that's what does that. Now, of course, as I said, you can absolutely tell them, or ask them rather, what do you want to see happen next? And and if that matches what you want, great. If it doesn't, great opportunity to say, hey, you said you weren't going to make your decision until um, April of your senior year. We're actually wrapping up with recruiting November of your junior year, so we need to figure out a way if this is going to work or not, or do you feel like you could for instance um, do you feel like you could make that that switch? Could you commit earlier and you become you get a little bit better of an understanding without that it 's impossible for them in most cases to adequately and intelligently communicate to you what they 're thinking and what their plan is so Many times, Uh, This first point that I'm bringing up, in addition to what we've covered in that last article, we find that the recruiting process really comes to an end before it begins. Even if they have some light conversation with you uh, after that, it's not something that they're viewing as serious because they're not viewing you as serious about them. So point number one, please let them know what you want to see happen next. Oh, and a little footnote to that. I use words very specifically as some of you know if you've been through our workshops at all uh, with your athletic department when we come on campus to train coaching staffs and athletic departments on recruiting techniques and what the latest strategy is the words matter. So I always want you to talk with this new athlete in terms of the visual and 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 an audio-based relationship. What do I mean by that? I mean I I want to know what they what they could see happening um, uh, and what what sounds good to them. What do they want to see happen next? Well, that's a visual. When you ask that question, if I ask that question of a recruit, that recruit more than likely is going to tell me what they're picturing in their mind. And that's huge. It's such important information in the, rec- in the recruiting process. Whereas if you tell them, so what do you think uh, of something? Or what do you think about... Uh, the idea of coming to campus, or what do you think of our program so far? What you're introducing by that word "think" is them pausing, searching for what do I think about it. I don't have anything, so then what do I tell the coach? Uh, coach, I don't know. I'm I don't. I need to think about it some more. Or it might come out that I just I'm gonna listen and we'll see what happens. It's non-action, and I don't really understand or know what they're thinking or seeing. And how it sounds. So always try to put things in the in the in the tone of what that looks like. Could you see yourself doing this? What do you want to see happen next? Or how does that sound to you? When I say when I describe our campus, does that sound like a place that you would be happy at? Or when I describe the offense that we run, does that sound like it might be a good fit for you? Those are things that give you an instant snapshot as to what they're thinking. So, just a little something that we usually do training on, and again with the workshops that we do, and the uh, clients that we serve around the country to make sure they're they're um, executing that messaging on a on, on a great basis. The goal of any message that you send out or any phone call or conversation that you make with a new recruit and certainly after that as you build a relationship is you want them to engage and respond. And so I have to ask those questions that are going to generate that response. Second thing I'm going to talk about in detail is the importance of setting a deadline. Now, we have talked in, in podcast episodes or if you subscribe to Honey Badger Recruiting to that site all the articles, all the research we've given out and uh, previous podcast episodes where we've talked to coaches about setting deadlines. Many of the podcasts, if you circle back through the library that we have here on your platform that you're listening on now, revolve around the uh, you know, conversations live on, on on the phone that we've had with coaches that they've given us permission to record where we go through what the problem is uh, and we go through some of the, the details of maybe what's causing that. And sure enough, nine times out of ten, it has something to do with them not establishing a fair but firm timeline and explaining when that need, when they need a decision and what that deadline is. So why? Why do we need this? Why is it so important, especially when it comes to um, a, uh, a new recruit? It's important because when you do that, when you establish a timeline, when you tell an athlete when you're going to be wrapping up recruiting, what you do is establish yourself as a strong coach coaching a strong program. Why? How? Why would a timeline or a deadline establish you as a strong program? Because a lot of coaches would say, that's pressuring the athlete. That's, I don't want to do that because I want them to make sure... They know that I'm not pressuring them. I'm not going to be one of those coaches. Well, again, when we look at what an athlete does initially in the process, these new recruits that you're talking to, we know that they are trying to make an assessment of you. Is this a coach or a program that I'm going to take seriously? Is this somebody that I want to put the time into developing a relationship as a possible venue for where I'm going to play college athletics? And so they're trying to make that initial assessment of you. And we all do this with people that we just meet, other fellow coaches, or um, first time you read or listen to to me or anybody else that is saying, "Hey, listen, I have some ideas you want to you want to follow." You're going to try to make an assessment, right? You're going to judge who is this person. Do they sound credible? Or they, are they they seem interested in me? Do they seem like they know what they're talking about? Well, the same thing goes on in the first. Five, ten minutes, or the first one or two or three times that I talk to a coach as a prospect, I'm trying to figure out is this coach who I haven't heard of before and they coach at a school I'm not that familiar with, is this somebody that I want or possibly could want to spend my college athletic career being coached by? And we do that in unfair ways. Your prospects treat you very unfairly in that judgment phase. I'm going to judge it not based usually on your record or your resume. Uh, where you competed, and all the things that might make sense if we were all logical, rational adults. Um, But these athletes are judging based on the way that we all judge each other on, is how does that person sound? Do they seem interested in me? Um, Am I picking up anything where there's any uh, insincerity? All those things really matter, as we assess other people. Well, right now, as you establish these new contacts, especially after the last year of what we've been through, your prospects are trying to do just that. They are trying to figure out, is this somebody who I should be paying attention to and spending time with? Are they making a case to me that they are somebody I should want to compete with or compete for? And so as they do that, they're trying to judge, number one, your strength. Is this a strong program? Is this someplace that is going to be worthy of all the time and effort I've had uh, in uh, in my sport to go and to compete at? And I'm circling back around. The main point I want to make, when you tell them there's a limited amount of time, that could be 13 months from now, 15 months, four months, whatever it is, but if I know the time, there's an expiration date, and that... You're prepared, or at least it sounds like in the conversations with me as a prospect, you're prepared to walk away when there's that final deadline at the very end of the process and the timeline you've established. If you're if it sounds like you're prepared to walk, I'm going to respect you more. Now, fairly or unfairly, uh, whether you wish that was the case or it, you wish it wasn't the case, that's what happens in the mind of the majority, the vast majority of prospects. Uh Uh-oh, that music, it can only mean one thing. It's time to take a quick break and talk about Legend Rings, legendrings.com. It is where college coaches are going to look at high-quality, amazing-looking award rings for their team. Now, whether that is rewarding seniors after four or five years of hard work with your program rewarding a special effort uh, and accomplishment during the season to all of your team or a selected group of leaders. Whatever it is, legendrings.com is the website you go to where college coaches get high quality looking uh, rings to give their their kids, to give their student athletes, that look just as good as the ones you would see being awarded at the Super Bowl, after an NBA championship, uh, after a a college football playoff championship in Division One, whatever it is, you will not believe the way these things look. And what you're also going to love is the cost because don't tell the big guys this, it is way less than what you're going to pay if you're a Division One head football coach. And that's the good news because it allows coaches from all division levels, all sports, to give their student athletes things that are going to be remembered, they're going to be talked about, they're going to be kept, and it's going to create loyalty, strong alumni, and they're going to want to come back and be involved in your program in, uh, in other ways that they can support you. So it is a great investment in your program and your coaching career. And it's a great way to build a legacy. So go over to legendrings.com. Mention the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast or Dan Tudor. And when you talk to your representative, they're going to give you as the coach a special gift for free. It's awesome. So go over to legendrings.com. They are the official sponsor of our show. We appreciate them and they just do great stuff. So, that's what I wanted to say. Now let's get back to the conversation. Is I respect the program that isn't going to wait for me. Even though, ironically, I want them all to wait for me, I respect the ones that say, we're going to give you time, but at this point, we have to move on. Because what that tells me is, you're a destination program. Other athletes are interested in you. You're not relying relying on me. It's not something where uh, you are waiting on me and you have to have me because when there's that, when there's that little bit of desperation and they sense the desperation in your voice, as an athlete, what do you do? You think, oh, well, why does nobody want to be there? And if they'll just take anybody at any time, well, I'm glad they would take me, but are they just going to take anybody? Who are my teammates going to be? Those are the questions that come up in their mind and I don't want them to have those questions and the easiest fix is to do the following when it comes to the second point I'm making. About de- timelines and deadlines. Number one, as early as possible, and hopefully, some of you have read what we've written before and have listened to the previous podcast, you've already done this, in which case, you're out in front of everybody else who hasn't. But as early as possible, explain to them when your recruiting process wraps up for your program. Not when you need their decision by, not what your deadline is. But when, the process, when does the process wrap up for you? Use that language. Tell them when the process ends. And, and I, when you do that, it's important that you do it that way because I don't want them to feel like it's you imposing your will on them. I want you to communicate that the process is a thing in and of its own. It's not something you necessarily control fully. When people commit, you're done. You have a limited amount of roster space and you want them, or at least you're very interested in having them go through the process but it's finite. There's not something that is just going to go on and on and on. So have an end date. Because the other thing that it does is when you do that and let them know what the final time range is that they could make a decision. So not a specific date 13 months in the future, but you know mid to late January, uh, late February to early March, some some range like that, which sounds reasonable and believable to the prospect. When you do that, you're establishing an expiration date, which tells them, here's how much time I have to do everything I need to do. The other thing that it, that, it, that you can do then is get a soft verbal agreement from them that that sounds good to them. So, look, Tracy, this is Coach Tudor. Um, as we've been talking, I want to let you know that, that our process is going to be wrapping up probably uh, you know, late May, early June of your junior year. Um, so, look, you've got a lot of time. You have 10 or 11 months or whatever the, the time span is from the date you're listening to this to that date. Uh, does that sound fair to you? Does that sound like a, a, that would give you enough time to figure out if we're the right place for you? Most of the time, you're going to get the response, yeah, coach, that sounds fair. I need that. I need them to verbally say, I'm engaged with you, I've heard what you said, and that's fair. Because when the time comes, I need you to, I need them to remember that they made that agreement with you. The other thing, though, getting back to this expiration date aspect, when we know there is something that is expiring, it drives the process. So if I know I have, or I think I have, unlimited time, there's no deadline, you know what? I can put off the campus visit for another month or two, there's no hurry. We we do this as a, as adults as coaches in our lives all the time. There's paperwork I need to turn in, but it's not due for another three weeks. Oh, I'll just wait. Expense reports I have to turn in to. Ah, oh, this has got another week. I'll do it at the very end. We almost always wait for the deadline. Uh, I'm not saying that that's right, and uh, we communicate a lot about organization uh, through uh, our experts like Mandy Green, who runs Busy Coach and that program for coaches. You know, time blocking and organization and all the ways to manage your time better, um, that's, why, that's why it's a needed resource that we are proud to partner with at Tudor Collegiate Strategies because coaches, all of us, need that. We need ways to, to keep ourselves on task. Well, the same holds true for your prospect. Without a deadline and an expressed and agreed upon timeline, I will put that off. The other thing, the last thing that that gives you an advantage on as a coach is, if you have, let's say, this this eight month or ten month process in recruiting, you're able to measure prospect A versus prospects B, C, D, and E in terms of what they're doing. So, if four out of five of your prospects have all taken their campus visits and/or at least have scheduled them, uh, three, you know, sometimes that's going to happen in the next two to three months, but that one prospect still hasn't, and they still don't, and they still don't. When you establish the, matri- uh, the the metrics of what the the norm is, when somebody falls outside that norm, it alerts you to the fact that that's not something that should be happening. It's unusual, and that that doesn't mean you need to stop recruiting that athlete, but it it would prompt me as a coach, as a recruiter, to say, "Hey, Tracy, um, just want to let you know, f- we got four other prospects." At your position that have already scheduled their campus visit one's already taken her visit uh three more are going to be here in the next week to three weeks um you still haven't scheduled are we going to be able to get you on campus to walk me through uh what what you're uh, seeing over the next couple of weeks can you make that happen i need to have that conversation with her because if i don't then it just lingers and you sit wondering i wonder why she's not coming here She's wondering. Well, they said I had a lot of time. Maybe I do, and I'm not sure I'm interested yet. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm not gonna say anything to them. And we have that chasm that gets created when that happens. So, so again, that's the benefit of expressly setting a what the timeline is for making the decision, and um, at the deadline being prepared to walk away, which is a completely different podcast uh, topic. We've already we've talked about it. The the value of of walking away or being prepared to walk away. In fact, as I'm saying that, I'm recalling three or four Honey Badger recruiting articles that we've done over the last year where coaches have shared emails and texts about that process playing out. The advice that we have given them plays out and it turns out exactly like what we've been saying. When you have a deadline and when you're prepared to walk away, that gets a response from the athlete. It's a position of strength that they respond to positively. And we want you to do that. Third and final thing that I want to talk about just on this podcast that, uh, that I feel is important is something that's going to sound just a little bit counterintuitive. In fact, it may sound a lot counterintuitive to, to you, which is I want you as early as possible to bring up a negative about your program or something that isn't a selling point. Tough to do, but I'm gonna explain why it's so important, what it sounds like, and what you can expect as a response from the prospect. And look, the whole point of of new contacts, I know the excitement around new contacts is it's a blank slate. And you're telling a story and there's nothing negative about it so far. You just talk about the positives, why they should be excited, why you coach at such a great place. The college is fantastic. Our new locker room or our old locker room is still fantastic. Whatever it is, you're trying to make sure you get them excited. And that's what I hear from every coach every every time is I want to get kids excited. I want them to really feel like we want them and that this is a great place. And I get that and I know... You're going to do that, and I want you to do that. There's a that that is the most important part of recruiting. As you get into the conversation, though, if that's all the conversations moving forward, if that is conversations number two, three, four, five, and six, I as the prospect am going to very quickly start feeling like I'm being sold something, and you know what that feeling is like. We, you, all of us have had those experiences where we're with somebody. And everything's just a little too perfect. Everything is too great. They're a little too enthusiastic. And what our little internal meters start to go off. And we say, wait a minute. There's something here. They're being a little too uh, excited about this. It seems not real because it can't be this good. Your prospects, as you start talking to them, coach, do the exact same thing. So what is the remedy to that? This natural human reaction we have to to pay attention to our BS meter when we feel like something is being told to us that's just a little too rosy and good. Well, what we do is we explain that there's something that's not perfect about our program. In a sense, we give them a reason that they could use to walk away early on in the process. Why would we want to do that? Well, because for the the 95% that aren't going to walk away because of it, it strengthens your your position with them incredibly here's why because when you give me as the prospect something that is a negative or at least that's not great about the school the program location our record the conference how many uniform combinations you have whatever it is when you explain or offer up something that yeah here's the one thing that we're really trying to overcome or that i've seen other schools do a little better than us and you explain that when you do that It's the most honest, vulnerable, revealing thing that you could do with somebody who doesn't know a lot about you. When you do that, they recognize it every single time. They recognize it, and they go away thinking not what a crappy locker room you have or what a bad conference you have. What they go away feeling is, that person was honest with me. That coach is actually the one that isn't selling me, or at least that's the feeling that I get. And I'm attracted to that. Uh, now, there's a way to do what I just described. There's. I don't want you to, to beat yourself up and leave it there. I just want you, for instance, if it's a facility issue, hey, look, You know, one thing I need to tell you is we don't play in the newest gym in the conference. And there's some things I like about our gym. some things I wish they'd change. Um, but I just wanted you to know that that there's. You know, you're going to go around and see a lot of different facilities, a lot of different gyms uh, as you go and take your visits. I want you to remember, though, that's not the way that you should make your college decision. You shouldn't base it on a facility. Um, that's you know, If you do that, you're going to be transferring after a year or two because you're going to, what's more important is, and then list the things that are strengths of your school, but by offering up that negative, what you've done is you've pulled back the curtain a little bit. You've let down your guard. What you're going to find is that they will usually let down their guard a little bit, too. They'll explain something that they were wondering about. Or now that they see that you're open to answering questions or possible objections that they would have about you and your program, you might get some more. So it speeds up the get-to-know-you process. It establishes trust. And even though it's scary to do, the coaches who actually do that, to make it a strategy early on to talk to new recruits and to... um, and to reveal themselves in that way and to be transparent in that way nearly always get back to me and say, that's now sped up the recruiting process. And I could hear the reaction of them on the line that um, that it meant a lot to them that we, were, that we were talking about that. And hey, spoiler alert coach, you know what? They probably already have seen your gym or your facilities on YouTube or, or you know, uh, you know, on some sort of visual setting. It's easy to get information about the college, the coach, who you are, your campus, what it looks like, what the town you're in looks like, all those things. It's an open book. So why not talk about it, show some honesty and transparency, and then move forward with just honest, direct conversation. So those three things are what I'm going to add to the list from that original article, uh, which you know what I will I will link to that article in uh, in the show notes of the podcast um, I'll do that so if you go to the show notes portion of the podcast on your device then you can just click to it it'll take you right to the article I'm referencing but the three things I've added is uh, you know that that we've talked about are critical if you want to take that next step to speeding the relationship and the establishment of that relationship now that you have. Um, Made your first contacts, you have those new kids in uh, on your list. You've made contact now. I want you to get dig deeper, and this is where you can take the lead over your competition who probably contacted them the same way you did. Everybody's sounding the same to that prospect, so now they've gone from excitement to wow, everything sounds sort of the same. Everybody told me the same stuff, and I'm hoping that's not you, but just in case it is in their mind, this is a way you jump out ahead of those other competitors. So, if you have questions, I'm going to give you that email again, dan at dantudor.com. You can also follow on Twitter at dantutor, D-A-N-T-U-D-O-R. You can message me there. Uh, you can even text me. The text number for free training throughout the week is 661-218-2166. If you want to text or call me personally, my cell phone number is 661 809 so there's two numbers, social media, and my email that you can get a hold of me. There should be no question about recruiting that you go into this process with. We are here to answer your questions. There's all sorts of free resources at DanTutor.com. You can become a Honey Badger recruiting subscriber, get all the latest research, hear what other coaches are going through, and, of course, keep listening to the podcast. We go through a lot of detailed information uh, on that way, and you can go back and listen to all the past episodes more than a hundred uh that we have gone into great detail about different aspects of recruiting talked to a lot of coaches and experts as many of you know because you've been with us from the beginning so that's going to wrap it up i just like i said wanted to come in give you that today because we were getting a lot of questions about okay now what hey this worked this worked and this worked but now what do i do and so There were so many, I felt it was good to jump in and give you some ideas about how to build on it. So, I really hope your first contacts have gone well. I hope you have a great summer out recruiting. I hope you're prepping for the fall. And if there's any way that we can help you do that, like we're helping more than 500 college coaching staffs and athletic departments around the country, let let us know. We would love to come in and help. We would love to be a resource however we can to help you win in this most important part of your job. It's recruiting. You get good athletes on your campus to coach. It's amazing how good of a coach you become. The key is, though, good athletes, and the key to getting good athletes is smart recruiting with good communication starting early in the process. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode, Coach. Have a great one, and thank you so much again for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. College Recruiting Weekly Podcast is a production of Tutor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2016 through 2020. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or stream us on Stitcher, and make sure to tell the coaches in your department about the show. Email the host at dan at dantutor.com and visit the website to access more of the free resources we give to the college coaching community. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.